0: You want to run the story? You've got five hours until eight o'clock.
1: all You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Welcome to the Collegian Weekend Review. Here's your hosts, Maddie Welsh and Lauren Scott.
2: Welcome back to the Collegian Week in Review, where we give you an inside look into Michigan's oldest college newspaper. We're your hosts, Maddie Welsh and Lauren Scott. And today we'll be talking to Logan Washburn about the latest happenings in the city of Hillsdale, as well as an opinion piece that he published about the media's criticisms of Hillsdale lately. We'll also talk to Carly Moran about local businesses in the city of Hillsdale. And then we'll talk to Allie Hall about why everyone should go to therapy. This is Maddie, and I'm here with Logan Washburn, the city news editor of The Collegian, and he has a few pieces to talk about today that were in the paper. Uh, First, we'll start with his story about a historic train that came to Hillsdale. Logan, tell me a little bit more about this story.
3: Hey, Maddie. Thanks for having me back. Um, I'm excited to talk about this. It was a great event. I actually ran across it sort of by accident. Um, They were having their last train stop of the year on that day, which was October 1st. They essentially brought hundreds of passengers from Eden, Ohio, up to Hillsdale. They left Eden around 9 a.m. and they arrived in Hillsdale just before noon. So it was just in time for all the passengers to get off, enjoy the farmer's market and local businesses, have lunch, and then head back around 3 p.m.
2: What's the deal with this train? What's the significance of it?
3: So it's actually been everywhere. I learned this while talking to one of the um, engineers, or he called himself a fireman. He fuels the train by shoveling coal and managing the water. He explained that the train has actually been to places like New York City, Chicago, West Virginia. Um, It's been everywhere. And it was initially constructed in the mid-20th century. So it's a very old locomotive. But it was recently refurbished, and it was done by the Fort Wayne Railroad Society, Historic Railroad Society. They essentially brought it back to its original condition, and so it offers a great experience for people. One passenger I spoke with said that this was a lifelong dream of his, and he just saw this on Facebook, and he decided to do it. And it was exactly what he was hoping.
2: So it's just a sort of tourist attraction?
3: Yeah, it is. And they work with the small towns that they go to to try and promote small business um, and use this kind of tourism to spur local economies and make the small towns bigger in business than they already are.
2: You also read a story about the Hilton Police Station getting some updates. Tell me a little bit about that.
3: I did. So the police department... isn't having to spend any more money. The city won't have to spend more money for this. They're clear about that. Um, but they're essentially purchasing five new ballistic shields because um, Chief Hepner said that this was about the national trend in violence in places like schools. So like active shooter situations. These shields would help protect officers responding to something like that. And we did have a series of threats about this this spring. We had a lot of threats in local schools. He said it was unrelated, but he hopes that if something were to arise, it would help the police department respond. The department also works with local schools to do things like trainings when school isn't in session. So um, officers know local schools layouts and they have plans with the staff in case something were to happen.
2: Finally, you also wrote a very spicy opinion piece about all the attention that Hillsdale College has been getting in the media lately. Tell me about this. What's the basis of this story?
3: I did. So um, this was essentially the culmination of all the things that I had been wanting to say over the summer. I was in Nashville, Tennessee. I was working for a paper there. And while I was there, the Hillsdale Charter School Initiative was attempting to establish 50 to 100 schools there, as Governor Lee had asked. Governor Bill Lee is a Republican. He asked us to establish charter schools, and so we had an initiative going down there to supply options for parents as the governor put forward a school choice agenda. Um, what happened essentially was a local reporter from Nashville News Channel 5, um, Phil Williams, he snuck into one of these events for charter school teachers and filmed undercover footage of Larry Arn speaking with Bill Lee. And Larry Arn would have said what he said anywhere, it wasn't anything he would have said in secret. Um, But he essentially said that the teachers in public schools are coming from the dumbest parts of the dumbest colleges. And um, in that speech, he also spoke about education, what the nature of that was. But these clips that News Channel 5 showed left all of that out. So they just focused on the fact that Larry Arn insulted teachers um, when, you know, we all know this, but he was really talking about the system overall. It's broken and it's not educating kids. So after this happened, a lot of local school boards rejected the Hillsdale Charter Schools. And Phil Williams has essentially kept up um, the focus on Hillsdale. He's continued to publish articles under the title of Revealed, which is a section that um, newspaper puts out, but it's been very dramatic. Um, He's made claims like the college was against the civil rights movement, um, and More recently, he's talked about the college being racist, and so this has really heated up a lot, and it's garnered attention from national media. The Washington Post and the AP covered it, and it essentially cast Hillsdale in a negative light because of this video that was taken out of context. So my article was essentially responding to that and saying that Hillsdale offers a great classical education and doesn't attempt to politicize schools at all. Um, Charter schools that it offers are 100% the choice of the families. That's kind of the point of school choice. We're not attempting to replace public schools, but we're attempting to offer other options. If parents don't like it, they don't have to go there. And the allegations here are that Hillsdale is being too political with its education. Well, its education, its curriculum, is essentially what was accepted in America until the end of the 20th century. That is, that limited government is generally a good thing, that the Declaration of Independence teaches all people are equal, things like that. Well, the modern take on this is that America is inherently racist. This is accepted in a lot of schools today. And so, by contrast you know, Hillsdale's putting forth these classical teachings, these well-established American civics curriculums. So the modern education establishment is essentially reacting against that.
2: Did you respond at all to the argument that Hillsdale is a racist school or against the civil rights? Because we all know at Hillsdale, all of us who are students here, we know what the founding of the college looked like. Did you bring that into your, your argument at all?
3: I actually, um, I'd been working on this for a while and the main focus of it was Hillsdale's, um, Emphasis on classical education, and so by the time they started to um, emphasize racism in Hillsdale, you know, I had the draft, and so I wasn't as focused on that. But I would like to say that, um, you know, all the students here have heard <laughs> the story about it being an abolitionist college, sending more, a higher proportion of students to the Civil War for the Union than any other school, always allowing black people and women to attend, and we're very proud of this heritage here. That's why all of the students know. It. And can essentially recite these facts. You know, the allegation is that we've drifted from our founding and that's completely false if you talk to anyone on campus.
2: And Hillsdale has always, what was it like to be a Hillsdale student away from Hillsdale and hearing these things about the college that you really care about?
3: It was honestly something that I would hear and it would kind of, (laughs) it would kind of make me laugh. Um, You'd hear comparisons, you know, like, Dr. Arn is like Jerry Falwell at Liberty, stuff like that. And being on campus and knowing him, um, it, it's not a valid comparison. You know, the, the allegations were that he was a racist, that he was engineering this whole like charter school scheme to try and get rich. I think we all know charter school teachers, they don't make much money. Um, and the college doesn't reap any financial gain from this. Also, Dr. Arne walks around campus with his wife, Penny, and their dogs. He's not exactly a scheming, evil genius. He's, he is a genius, I think. He's very smart, but not evil. He, he doesn't have this grand plan to um, expand his empire everywhere.
2: Yeah, it all comes back to the baseline mission of the college to educate everyone.
3: Exactly. We're simply offering that option. And we went into Tennessee not on our own initiative, but it's because Governor Lee asked for us to offer this as an option. And parents can choose to go there if they'd like. I think we have a great curriculum, we have some great schools, and we could really raise the quality of education there, but um, we haven't been given the chance. And so Hillsdale has actually pulled three of its charter applications out um, right before they're going to be reviewed by the state.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Where is the story at now with Tennessee and the charter schools?
3: Yeah, so um, on September 29th, I believe, late September, they pulled three of their applications out. The applications were going to be in these big metropolitan areas as kind of a test run for this school choice program. Um, Because of the fervor caused from the um, dumb teacher remarks from that video, um, a lot of the local school boards, even in conservative areas, had a very negative reaction to Hillsdale. And I think, um, you know, this is my speculation, but I think the teachers unions could have been involved in that. Um, But also a lot of people in Tennessee are used to the public education system and they don't like being told from someone out of state, um, you know, what they should do in terms of education. And so this video taken out of context is probably what brought those emotions to the front of their minds and it really was powerful. There were rural school boards that um, had been rejecting classical schools all over the state. And so I think that um, that's initially what prompted it, and the applications were gonna go before the state. They were gonna try to appeal these local decisions, but at the last minute, they decided to pull out.
2: Thanks for coming on the show, Logan.
3: You're listening to the Collegian Week in Review
0: This is Lauren and I'm here with Carly Moran, the ad manager and a collegian reporter. And she wrote an article about an alumnus hoping to revitalize downtown businesses. So tell me a little bit about this article. Hi, yeah, so happy to be here today. So I recently spoke with Eric Doden, who
4: is in charge of a company that is located throughout Michigan, Indiana and Ohio, that tri-state area that is called Pago USA and essentially what it is it is um, not a non-profit it is a company that um, buys up buildings in small towns and then revitalizes them and then brings them back to the community um, by having local people purchase them back and then they can make small businesses out of those buildings. So um, his goal usually is to have about 10 shops made, 10 restaurants, and 10 entertainment venues within the downtown districts that he works on um, remodeling.
0: What does the process currently look like right now? Like, is there a status update on this happening? Right. So, usually once ground gets broken, it takes about
4: 24 to 36 months, as he says. Um, Currently, Hillsdale still is in the talking phase. So that's why I predominantly focused on the town of Van Wert, which is in Ohio, and Van Wert is currently in the construction process. So I spoke with Seth Baker, who was in charge of the project in Ohio. Do you think this will be good for downtown Hillsdale? That's a good question. I think it remains unknown at this point. Um... The foundation owner for Van Wert said that he appreciated the effects that he's seen so far um, as they go through the construction stages. However, you know, every town is different, and we'll see if it's a good match for Hillsdale. Since we're still in the talking stages, I think that it could really depend. We could see if it is a right match for our town or if the companies don't really align. Um, It really just depends, Yeah. I'm definitely curious, though, regardless of how it turns out.
0: What do you think the community's responses will be Or Did you have any sources who mentioned uh, any kind of response from a community or predicted response from them? All right. So the first
4: person I actually reached out to for an interview was a county commissioner for Hillsdale County. He didn't have much to say, the county commissioner. Beyond just um, he seemed a little confused about what I was talking about initially. And then when we finally reached an agreement on what we were discussing, which was Pago USA and their recent meeting over construction downtown, possible construction and buying up of buildings, he um, said, yes, we're in talks and wouldn't say much beyond that. Uh, I think he was a little confused about the intent of my article, and I think he wanted to be quiet because of that. But that's okay, I understand. But beyond that, I think the general public's response will be mixed. I think that it is good that we bring more businesses to downtown, however, of course, when an outside entity enters a community, you do have to be very careful that it is about the town's interests and not that company's.
0: Very good point.
4: It's important to also note, this doesn't have to go in here. It's also important to note that Eric Doden is also currently running for the governor of Indiana. This isn't just a pet project. This is a constituent project as well. Thank you, Carly. Of course. It's always great coming on here.
3: The Collegian Weekend Review continues.
2: This is Maddie, and I'm here with Allie Hall, the assistant cultural editor for The Collegian. This week, she wrote a spicy opinion for the Opinions page. Allie, tell me more about this story. Well,
1: my opinion piece was everyone should go to therapy. And pretty much in any other place, this is not a controversial opinion. But I think that there are a lot of complex elements that play into why someone would seek therapy. And I think that most people would really, really benefit from it. Um, I think we live in a culture that's like we're trying to fight the stigma of mental illness while also entirely perpetuating it and I think sometimes in conservative circles we can get these really warped ideas of masculinity and femininity and there's this strive for tradition with no nuance. Basically, I think that human relationships in any way, shape, or form are nuanced and so approaching therapy with the same mindset that we approach a lot of things which is you know be open be be willing to kind of give yourself and someone else the opportunity to kind of like exchange help between each other I think that's really important I think sometimes we use each other as our therapists which can harbor a lot of resentment in different types of relationships and so having kind of a third party that you are able to express your life to and kind whether it's you know deep-seated trauma or it's my friend said something last week and it made me really upset. And I keep thinking about it. You know, I think
2: most people would really, really benefit from having that that external party. Expand upon that idea of the ideas of traditional femininity and masculinity sort of being a barrier to yeah. people wanting to seek help.
1: Well, it, I mean, it's not really a secret, but I'm not necessarily conservative and I'm kind of in a weird place to be that way. And. What I get faced with a lot is like when I hear these ideas of traditionalism and conservative men and women, like what those two things look like, it seems like it's really spelled out and people have really clear ideas of what those things are. And that's great if that works for you. But I think sometimes when we talk about specifically, I think my personal experience has been in the scope of when we use the words like manly men, like what what is a manly man and does being manly include being emotionally aware and being able to like. Maturely have conversations about things or are we still perpetuating this sort of like macho not in tune with his feelings not in tune with how other people react to things. I think sometimes it can sort of be a, a ground between both of them and especially here like I wrote that article because I've had multiple conversations in which I've made the joke that you know men should go to therapy because women aren't hospitals and I've just gotten looked at like I have four eyes but it's also by the same people who have severe substance abuse problems or who are flat out mean or who don't know how to interact with their girlfriend like it's it always comes from the people who would benefit from therapy the most and so there's that irony of it where it's like I think once you have a positive experience with therapy you are much more able to see how even just the average person can benefit from it and I kind of wrote it from the place of I think culturally we sometimes, like, there's this, you know, the joke of men aren't men aren't grocery stores, women aren't hospitals. It's, it's kind of the back and forth of how we relate and communicate with each other. And I think providing a more conscious perspective of that through vehicles like therapy and educating ourselves about ourselves is really important. And I think it should be talked about more.
2: What are some ways that you think the stigma can kind of be broken down? I think the stigma
1: can be broken down by being pretty i think there's a line between being outspoken about mental health and being like re-traumatizing yourself because i think that's something we're seeing a lot where we're trying to decrease the stigma by but by doing so kind of feeding into really unhealthy habits and a lot of unhealthy like humor coping mechanisms that just go a little too far so i think we're kind of learning where that line between openly communicating about these issues and re-hurting ourselves we're trying to find the line between those two things but i think a lot of it is just being transparent and being conscious about our friendships and our relationships and making sure that we're not treating people like dumping grounds and we're treating them as like actual people who what we're about to say might affect them or might live with them you know so i think it's we do that and then i think also it's important to create boundaries within your relationships and you know just be really conscious about how you're interacting with people and from their side but also from your side like how do I react when this person approaches me? Like, is there something physically a sensation I feel? You know, uh, triggered has kind of become a word that's been (laughs) overused and, and underused in really improper ways. But truly, when it comes down to the meaning of the word trigger, like, is there something in this situation that is making me project or react in a way that I necessarily wouldn't? I think truly it all comes down to living very consciously and intentionally. And therapy is something that can really help people, especially I think our generation who's pretty like numb and so in touch that we're almost like out
2: of touch. Do you think that there's a specific need for college students to really make use of therapy? Definitely. I mean,
1: I think Hill still does a good job of making students aware of the resources that are available on campus and th- I mean they say you know this is the only time in your life counseling is free and it's not free like your tuition money is going towards this so it's honestly kind of smart to utilize these these tools that are there and also especially like when you're up the hill you're on campus this is the only time your therapy office is going to be half half a mile away you know it's something you're able to like walk to and kind of always have that support support system so close to you I think college students Especially Hillsdale students were like overbooked, overstressed, always kind of grinding for lack of a better term. And it's really, really easy to kind of lose yourself, your mental and your physical self into kind of the hustle of day to day life. Hillsdale is also kind of a strange place. So I think that that can also have some wear and tear on people's psyches and their emotional minds. So I think college students have a lot of pressure on them, especially our generation. You know, we're constantly the laughingstock of everybody, but also like the future of the world kind of is, is in our hands right now. So yeah, I think, I think everybody would benefit from therapy regardless of gender, regardless of how old you are. I think a lot of people would. Thanks for sharing Allie.
0: Thanks for having me. you have been listening to the collegiate weekend review with your host lauren scott and maddie welsh you can find the collegian on twitter and instagram at hdale collegian or online at hillsdalecollegian.com once again you've been listening to the collegiate weekend review on radio free hillsdale 101.7 fm